This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. This content may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. I start to raise the blinds to open the windows and let in cool air, and the creeper is standing right there with his face pressed against the screen. So that is just what we did, and to this day, I regret ever going anywhere near that clearing. We opened the door with relative ease, but what came next was completely unexpected. I believed that ignoring was the best way, but it wasn't. From Disturbed Media, join your host, Chad, for true tales of horror, bizarre happenings, and unexplainable events. This is Disturbed. Thanks to the fun and challenging Best Fiends for supporting Disturbed. Best Fiends is the binge-worthy mobile puzzle game. Download Best Fiends for free from the App Store or Google Play. Plus, earn even more with $5 worth of in-game rewards when you reach level 5. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Welcome back in, everyone, and thanks for joining me. This week... I'm bringing you three true horrifying tales and a special feature that will keep you on the edge of your seat. So sit back and listen close as we dive into the horror. Now, before we get into the show, I want to mention to make sure you stay tuned to the end of the episode for a special haunting audio experience from Grey Agency, and I can't think of a more relevant time to be featuring this piece. You won't want to miss it. And with that, let's get into it. We open the show hearing from Reddit user BootBlister, featuring voice work by Melissa Medina, and we find someone lurking outside our window. I was 20, living alone on the ground floor of an apartment building. My living room windows faced the small parking lot for the building, which wasn't gated. I'd stay up late, watching TV or playing games almost every night. It was winter when I first moved in, so I'd have the blinds down at night to help keep the cold air out. Summer came and there was no AC in the apartment, so I'd open the windows and blinds at night for cool air. 
One night, I'm lying on the couch watching TV when I get that feeling of being watched. I look over at the window and a man had his hands and face pressed against the screen, merely three feet from where I was lying, just watching me. I let out a blood-curdling scream and he did not even blink. Terrified, I jumped up, grabbed the phone and screamed that I was calling the cops. He still just stood there, completely motionless and dead-eyed. At that point, I yelled that I'm getting the neighbor and started walking to the door and he finally took off. My boyfriend at the time came over and stayed for a full week. He made sure to leave the blinds open and sat on the edge of the couch closest to the window to make it known I wasn't always alone. The creeper didn't show up again, so eventually I got comfortable, thinking it was an isolated incident of some rando wandering around the parking lot to break into cars. Maybe another three weeks after that, I get home late from waiting tables and park in the lot. I get changed, grab a snack, and head to the living room to play games. I start to raise the blinds to open the windows and let in cool air, and the creeper is standing right there with his face pressed against the screen. He was not standing in the parking lot when I pulled in as I parked right by my window. I can only assume he was waiting around the corner of the building, watching me come home and timing my movements. This time, I grabbed the phone and immediately called the cops. I was shaking, crying, completely hysterical. The creeper takes off. Cops come and say they'll have someone patrol the block when they can, and my boyfriend immediately comes over. He wants to stay with me until I can get out of there, so I start looking at different apartments. Another three or four weeks or so later, I have an apartment lined up on a high floor in a doorman building, because at this point, fuck that. My boyfriend had to go out of town for a few days, so I decided to go stay at my friend's place, because I certainly wasn't going to be there alone. I'm at my friend's place for two nights, but wanted to run home and grab a few things I'd forgotten. She goes with me, for obvious reasons, and we go in the afternoon, not after dark. We decide to hang out for a bit and play games together, because it's daylight and there's activity around the building. No AC, so I hesitantly raise the blinds to get fresh air. I'm terrified, opening them. Then laugh to myself, because I do it, and of course, no one is there. I open the actual window and see two large holes cut into the screen right above the latches you push in to lift it. They were definitely not there two days ago. My blood ran entirely cold. The creeper knew my boyfriend was gone. He was watching and saw his car was gone. I left my car there as my friend picked me up and we always left a light on in the living room to make the creeper think we were awake. So he saw my car thought I was home, saw the light on, yet proceeded to cut holes in the screen to break in. I have no idea if he actually gained access, but seeing how bold he was terrified me. How long had he been watching me, learning my patterns, and getting gradually more aggressive with every interaction? I still sometimes get a chill when I raise my blinds, and it took a long time getting comfortable living in anything but a high-rise. Thanks for the lifelong PTSD, creeper. Let's not meet again. Do you have your own terrifying encounter? Did something unexplained happen to you? Let us know and get featured on the podcast. Email mystory@disturbedpodcast.com.
Up next, we hear from Reddit user OKSignificance9329, featuring voice work by Tom Aglio, and we find something creepy in the woods. Every summer, my family and I venture north for several weeks, as do most other families in my state. The town we visited was not far from another sprawling town on a lake. Despite my overall disdain for most people and traffic, the area was pleasant most of the time. Additionally, two friends of mine also visited the area, and we would meet with each other at least two or three days out of the two weeks I was there. The names of my friends are O.C. and Jack, and we are all the same age and live in the same town back home, so we know one another quite well. Anyway, one evening when I rode my bike over to the general store where we would all meet, only Jack was there. For context, Jack is always 5 to 10 minutes late, and O.C. was always there at least 20 minutes before me, seeing as though he could just walk from where his family's cabin was to the store. So this took me slightly by surprise, so I asked Jack where O.C. was, and he said, didn't get the message? He said he found something and was going to take a while before he got back. I was confused when he had stated this, as I did not remember getting a message from our group chat. But sure enough, when I opened my messages, there was one that wasn't opened. The message read something along the lines of, I'm going to be a little late. I found something really cool. So me and Jack waited about an hour in front of the store waiting for O.C. when he finally showed up, but he didn't have his bike, which I found downright weird, seeing as though he cherished that thing. Before we could say anything to O.C., he immediately said, you guys have to check out this building I found. Come on, let's go. I asked him where his bike was, and he just responded with, it's back at my cabin. You probably want to leave your bikes here if you want to get to the place I found. So we obliged and changed our bikes to a lamppost. We followed O.C. down the main road until we came up to a gravel side street with a no outlet sign. O.C. pointed at the gravel road and said, Down here, it's going to be past the end of the road, so expect some hiking. When we came onto the gravel road, I noticed nearly instantly that there were very few homes on this road, which was bizarre for such a well-populated area at the time of year we were visiting. About a quarter of the way down this decrepit and unkempt road, at least by O.C.'s measurement, Jack asked what this building was that O.C. had found, and O.C. responded by saying it was an abandoned and odd-looking gray brick building with a metal roof shaped like a half circle, similar to a greenhouse. I asked if he entered the building yet, and O.C. said that he tried the front door, but it got stuck on something. After O.C. had said this, Jack asked if O.C. knew for certain that this building was abandoned, and O.C. responded by saying that some of the windows were broken and the entire back end of the house next to it was destroyed. After O.C. had mentioned this, we all agreed that if we can get into this facility, we can make it a hideout where O.C. and Jack could smoke, seeing as though I don't, but I thought it would be fun to have that sort of thing nonetheless. After about another hour of walking, we finally reached the end of the road. At this point, it was 7 o'clock in the evening and it was becoming noticeably darker under the canopy of trees on this essentially destitute road. So I was beginning to have second thoughts, but I kept my mouth shut because O.C. wasn't the best person to argue with, if you catch my meaning. So we proceeded into the woods for what I could guess was about a mile when we stumbled into a clearing with a big bungalow-style house and the building that O.C. described to us to the left of it. We waited for, give or take, three minutes to see if the coast was clear and then made our way to the building. O.C.'s discernment almost precisely fit the appearance of the facility. It was roughly 10 feet tall with a curved roof made with sheet steel, not unlike what you would find on barns or utility sheds. O.C. was now excited, and when he went up to the door, he motioned for us to help him open it. So that is just what we did, and to this day, I regret ever going anywhere near that clearing. We opened the door with relative ease, but what came next was completely unexpected. 
Something fell from the table blocking the door and it sounded vaguely wet, and when O.C. had shined his flashlight in the general direction of where the sound occurred, we saw, and I'm not joking, a severed alligator ahead with strings of flesh and muscles still attached. At about this time, the smell of the interior hit all of us and I vomited, with O.C. and Jack proceeding to gag. Mind you, we were in a place nowhere near a natural habitat for alligators, about a thousand miles to be more exact, so this was beyond weird to just find the head of one laying in a building on the other side of the continent. O.C., being as stubborn as ever, shined his light even further into the building, and all we saw were pieces of various reptiles all over the place. We had also seen syringes and vats on long tables, along with blood smeared across most of the surfaces that weren't covered with a multitude of reptile parts. At the moment we opted to get out of there, Jack whispered, What the fuck? At this, O.C. and I turned to where Jack was looking and found that one of the lights was on in one of the downstairs rooms of the seemingly abandoned house and someone was walking to the front door. What looked to be a man stepped out and issued a nearly deafening scream that sent us running through the woods back to the road. None of us mentioned what had happened to our parents, and it has been five years since this has ensued. Not a day passes where I don't think about it. There have been several complaints pertaining to my lack of elaboration as to what had happened after the events of the story. All I will state here is that roughly two or so weeks after this had occurred, did we, or I did at least, reveal to our parents what happened that night. I had only done so as my parents can be rather stringent at times, and I did not wish to be punished for something that was otherwise a freaking arbitrary mistake. Are you loving the show? Let us know with a positive rating and review. In return, we'll help you hide the body. Now picture this. It's just a normal evening. We eat dinner as always. Maybe talk about the day, work or school. Everything is as it always is. But then, out of nowhere, I'm gone. Vanished without a trace. Your heart is pumping. You can't find me anywhere. And then, you do finally find me just scoring some quality alone time with best fiends. Now, others might wonder about your mysterious disappearances, but if you're having as much fun playing best fiends as I am, it's no wonder why you just have to sneak off and play. And I've been playing so much recently that I'm already up to level 248 and counting. And I have to tell you, there's just nothing like that unbeatable rush of adrenaline you get when you beat a level and move up. For me personally, it's one of the best ways I've found to unwind and de-stress after a day of working on Disturbed, or even just in between recording sessions. Now I've been playing for over a year now and I can honestly say the game helps to keep me mentally sharp and even a bit more focused after I've finished up a session of playing. And one of the most fun parts of the game is being able to have fun and engaging competitions with your friends. Once you find that person to go back and forth with and brag about what level you're up to and compete with, it just unlocks a whole new dimension of fun to the game. You can power up your favorite fiends to new levels and even more powerful skills and watch them transform as they get stronger. And brand new events and challenges pop up all year round, so you always have a chance to earn exclusive in-game items, characters, and rewards. We here at Disturbed love best fiends and have yet to find a better way to pass the time in between recording and editing the show, so I'm confident it's a game that you'll find just as fun and beneficial as I do. Download Best Fiends for free from the App Store or Google Play, plus earn even more more with $5 worth of in-game rewards when you reach level 5. That's friends without the R, best fiends. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Want to listen to Disturbed ad-free? Of course you do. Go to disturbedpodcast.com support to get your access today. Now back to the deliciously frightful. Disturbed Podcast with your host, Chad. Next up, we check in with Reddit user Caroline Victoria Lems. Featuring voice work by Tanya Eby, and we discover the man waiting for us. In 2019, I was just 15 years old and I was in high school. At one point, I received a request to follow on Instagram from a 25-year-old guy. He was not unknown as he attended the same church as my family, but we weren't even friends. I only saw him once or twice and we never spoke. I was even surprised that he knew my name because even I didn't know his name until that moment. He always liked my photos, replied to my stories with compliments, but I always tried to ignore it as much as I could. Or sometimes I would just say thank you and completely ignore any attempt of him to try to build a conversation. He was very insistent until one day he sent me some DMs saying that he would like to get to know me better and that he would like to take me out to dinner or something, but I obviously declined. And I was quite honest with him and said it would never work since I was underage and he should look for someone his age. At the moment, I didn't want to sound rude as we had a high possibility of meeting in church again and I wouldn't want to cause a strange atmosphere. And that's why I didn't block him at first moment. After that, he seemed to be quiet until the day I made a post with my friends at school. We took the photo inside the classroom and I made the big mistake of tagging the location in the photo the location of my school. Minutes after that, he sent me a DM saying, oh, I live very close to your school. I think only five or seven minutes away. And I didn't answer. At that moment, it didn't cross my mind that this was a risk I could be taking. That same day, he continued to ask me if I would like to hang out with him after school and that he could take me to lunch. And once again, I politely declined. I was getting annoyed by this point. My parents weren't enjoying the situation either and told me that if I wanted, they would confront him about it. But I didn't want any problems or being the target of comments in the church, as gossip often spread quickly over there. I believed that ignoring was the best way, but it wasn't. The next day, our biology teacher had to leave school due to an emergency, so we had the last class time vacant. Me and my friends took our bags and went to the top floor of the school, where we had a complete view of the school entrance, 
and we stood there watching the street movement while we talked. That's when we noticed a man leaning against a silver car in a little more secluded corner of the street, but I could see perfectly who it was. At first, I didn't believe it, so I went to his Instagram profile because I had remembered that he had some pictures with his car and just wanted to make sure it was the same one I was seeing. And to my misfortune, it was the same car. So I took my phone and zoomed in on his face and had confirmation of what I already knew. It was him. I told my friends what was happening and they got scared. He hadn't seen me up there, which was good. So we made a plan so I could get out of school without him seeing me. The moment the school bell rang, my three friends got in front of me and I went down the school stairs behind them. They took me to my car. I managed to get in without any problems and go home in peace. I didn't even look in the direction he was. When I got home, I went to my Instagram just because I was going to confront him, but I got surprised he had blocked me, which was a relief, but also made me think he saw me at school and knew I had seen him. I told my parents what happened, but there wasn't much that could be done. After that, he never showed up at church again. I don't know what he intended waiting for me in front of my school, even after I said no multiple times. Are you listening alone? Rather brave of you. And we close out the show featuring a haunting, immersive audio experience highlighting the effects of gun violence put together by Gray Agency. And as a warning, some parts may be difficult to listen to and could be triggering for some listeners. So listen with care. Please make sure your earphones are in. Now, take a deep breath and close your eyes to experience this ghost story. Have you ever felt death lying beside you? Ice cold fingers grazing your own. A rush of air in a windowless room. I do, because I am haunted. It happens at night, when all the street lights and TV sets have gone dark. When the doors have been locked, checked and checked again. When the only sound is raindrops ricocheting off the sidewalk.
city sleeps, but I don't. I toss and turn, wondering, remembering. What if I had just... My eyelids are heavy, but my mind is wide awake. I can't escape it. really tried. But I can't hide from the fear. I need to calm down. over my hand. Flowing down my arm to my elbow. Drip. 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 And suddenly, I'm taken back to that day.
I don't. You're bleeding. Oh my god. We have to go. We have to get out of here. Someone help us! Help! Please help me. Please help me. beside my friend. She's lying on the concrete covered in blood. I realize the screams I'm hearing are my own. I know I've been hit too. I try to tell her it's gonna be all right, but all that comes out of my mouth is blood dripping down my chin onto the sidewalk. Onto her face. Drip. 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 I try to carry my friend, my best friend, but I'm too weak. Why aren't I stronger? Starts to slip through my hands. Our fingers touch. Hers are like ice. She exhales slowly, deeply, and her last breath rushes through my hair. I am haunted by that day. The day I live over and over and over again. I am haunted because I know my story isn't the end of this nightmare. Because even if you think you're safe, you're not. It could happen to anyone. It could happen to you. That might have been hard to hear, but the reality is gun violence haunts lives. This recording was inspired by a true story of a teenage victim who narrowly survived a shooting only to watch her best friend die. And if you think that's scary, think about this. Her story is only one of millions. Emotional support is available for anyone impacted by gun violence. You can find trauma resources, referrals, and local support groups by clicking the link below. You can also share your story to help advocate for others, as well as find more information about how to take action. That piece coming courtesy of Gray Agency, and we have to acknowledge that what's been going on with the mass shootings in our country simply cannot continue to happen. Gun Violence Awareness Day is June 3rd. The website survivorsempowered.org has some great resources and support for survivors. Follow our social channels on Facebook and Instagram at Disturbed Podcast 
and on Twitter at Disturbed underscore pod. And don't forget, you can head over to disturbedpodcast.com slash submit to send in your own true terrifying tale. Disturbed is produced by yours truly, funded through advertising and your support. And if you'd like to support the show, you can get early access to our premium feed, featuring ad-free listening and bonus episodes. Visit patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast to learn more. And a shout out to our newest supporters, Lindsay Rosen, Jennifer Lytle, Lindsay Webb, Willie Artis, Allie G, Craig Dory, Summer Spear, Brandon Collins, and Nathan Kennedy. They all get instant access to our catalog of bonus episodes, ad-free listening, and 24-hour early episode releases, and you can too, over at patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast, or subscribe directly in Apple Podcasts. Music by Carl Casey at WhiteBatAudio, Co.ag, and Kevin Hartnell. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Thursday with a brand new episode, and stay safe out there, y'all.